Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback. And if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. When we get to Christmas, this is an actual event that took place in history with real people, that Mary and Joseph were real people, that they had feelings and emotions, and they had struggles. And this was not an easy story for them. Uh, Finding out that your soon-to-be wife is pregnant, uh, finding out that you're pregnant even though you've stayed pure and committed, uh, finding out that you have to answer to a census and travel uh, to Bethlehem, all of these things are such major challenges. And yet we see that real people were faithful to God, and he led them by his light and by his spirit to do one of the greatest, if not the greatest events in the world history, is God becoming man, Emmanuel, God with us, God made flesh. And that continues on our attitude of gratitude. Are we truly thankful for this today? Are you and I thankful for what Christ coming to this earth means to us? Are we thankful for the goodness that he's brought, that he's brought hope? Without Christ, there is no hope. That he's brought joy. Joy is not situational. Uh, Happiness can be situational. Joy is not. Joy is from within. Joy is something that God grants us, uh, that gives us peace and gives us a sense of awe and wonder of him. And love, God says that he is love, that we are to, to love each other and to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is really at the core of all of this. God loving us enough to living a perfect life to die for us, to enter human history, to to be our savior. And today we're going to look at that idea of uh, being thankful that he's our savior and what it means that he's our savior. That that's a pretty big deal that he came to save. A baby born to save the people from their sins. So this morning when I woke up, uh, how many of you, when you woke up, you said, I'm not getting out of bed today. I know it's Christmas. Maybe you had people that wanted to open presents, but it's too cold to get out of these covers. You know when you get nice and warm inside the covers, and some of you feel that right now. You're about to fall asleep because it's nice and warm, and you're at peace. Uh, But I I remember when I was a young person, I was a teenager, and I went on a trip. I had a a friend invite me to go uh, hiking and camping for a weekend uh, up in the mountains, and we lived in Vermont, so we were right on the Canadian border. And we went up, and he said, yeah, we have a cabin up in the woods. It's about a mile hike up in the woods, and we're going to bring all our own stuff, and it's going to be a great time. Well, sometimes when people invite you to things, they don't fill in all the gaps. They don't tell you the whole story. The whole story was there was a whole Boy Scout crew going with us, and this was not his cabin. In the north, uh, where I live, they had snowmobile cabins. A snowmobile cabin was a place that snowmobilers, whoever you are, it doesn't matter. You didn't have to put any money into it. You could stop and stay the night at one of these cabins. So imagine that. (laughs) It was open to the public. It was a public cabin for snowmobilers. Uh, We did not go on snowmobiles. We carried sleds and toboggans with all of our supplies, and we hiked up and down these mountains for about a mile, and we got to this cabin in the woods that was uh, freezing cold. You think this is cold? It was much colder than this. Uh, Let's just say icicles were forming everywhere you looked. Uh, including where we were, you know, the porta pot was there as well. It was not a very fun place. 
But the first night we were there, we were the older kids, and we were told, you have to sleep on the floor in the main room. And in this cabin, in this cabin, there seemed to be uh, some carpentry issues because the door would not shut completely. The front door had about a three-inch gap in it, and there was a brisk wind entering through that gap the entire night. I had every piece of clothing I brought with me on. I had the sleeping bag brought to my mouth where the only thing showing was my mouth. And I was breathing. And do you know what my thought was the entire night? Will I survive this? Will I wake up tomorrow or will I be a popsicle? Will I just freeze in this position? This is how my life ends, is in this cabin uh, that I should have known better to just trust my friend that he was going to lead me to a, a place where I would enjoy. But you know, in life, all of these things were such life lessons for me. In life, we find ourselves in positions we didn't think we were going to get in, and it can seem insurmountable. We find ourselves in situations that we didn't see coming, and we're just wondering if we're going to survive them. And this morning, maybe that's where you are. Maybe you feel like life is, is, is bearing in on you, and you just barely have a little bit left to keep going, and you're wondering how it's going to work out. And if you're not there today, thank God for that. Because I, I can tell you there are so many, so many today on this morning, this Christmas morning, that that's how they feel. They feel like, how am I going to make it? How am I going to get to the next day? How, this year is ending. How am I going to make it next year? And what I've learned in life is there are hills and there are valleys. And some are steep and some are deep. And as we come to this time of Christmas, it's a reminder it is a reminder that even in the midst of the darkest place, at the, the deepest valley, that God is there with us. That he brings hope in the midst of those times. And that we will wake up. And the interesting, the funny thing to me was, when we woke up, my friend who was the oldest, he got to sleep in the adult room, and they had a wood furnace in there, and they were sweating it was so hot in their room. And let me say, I'm still working on the bitterness that I've held on to all these years. <laughs> I had an art class in high school, and they said, uh, we want you to paint a picture that had a, a meaning to you. And I painted a picture about this because it impacted me so deeply. So I'm confessing to you right now that I'm asking the Lord to uh, help me move on in life from all of the uh, trauma that I experienced in that. But this is an important question. How do you deal with uncertainty? How do you deal with uncertainty? How do you cope with the uncertain events of life? All of us go through uncertainty. How are we to deal with that? And so that's my, my prayer is that God would reveal something new to us today, that he would speak to each one of us directly, that he would encourage us and challenge us and not allow us to stay where we are. Staying still is not good. We need to move forward in his direction. So let's precede his word in prayer and ask him to guide us as we look to his word. Father God, I thank you for this day that you've created. I thank you that you love us. You desire for us to follow you. You desire for us to sense you. You desire us to be at peace and to know that you are in control. And Lord, as we read your words, I pray, Lord, that they would impact our minds, that we would understand them. They would impact our hearts, that emotionally we would be able to invest in them. And Lord, that they would impact our will, where we would make decisions based on what you teach us. 
Lord, I thank you for this time that we're here to gather. I pray for each one of us in this room, uh, wherever we are in the journey of our lives. I pray if there's anyone who doesn't know you, Lord, that today they'd come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. And Lord, for those who do know you, Lord, that they would take one more step in your direction. That, Lord, they would be even more a reflection of you today than they were yesterday. And Lord, as we celebrate your birth, that we would recognize that you, Emmanuel, God with us, is present even here and now. Bless your words. Bless this time. Thank you for the freedom you've given us uh, to do this. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be starting in the Old Testament, some passages, and then moving to the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. We will have these on the screen. Uh, we also have a Bible uh, sermon-based study that you can have. All the, all the verses I'll be using today will be in there, and you can follow along uh, at home and do this as a personal Bible study. But we're going to begin in Exodus chapter 13. And I think it's interesting that there is a theme throughout Scripture. What you'll see if you study the entire Bible, all 66 books, is there's patterns. There's many patterns, and they're almost the signature of God. That God reveals his nature and his identity through things that he does in different ways, but similar events that happen throughout the entire, the entire 66 books. And one of the things we see is that he, he is pronounced or he is revealed as light. And so in Exodus 13, 21 through 22, we pick up where Moses has now led the people out of Egypt and they're beginning to enter the promised land. They're on their way to Canaan and on their way as the Egyptians now have changed their mind once again and want to retake them. This is where we pick up in Exodus 13, 21. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day. And then a pillar of fire to give them light at night. So that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. And so here we see the light of God was leading them. There was a pillar in front and there was a pillar in back. It was during the day and it was during the night. And I, I always put myself in the position of what would that have been like? What would it have been like if you and I were there, if we're with the Israelites and we're walking along and here's this pillar in front of us and this pillar behind us and it's both day and night and experiencing that. And maybe I'm, in, you know, I'm, I'm teetering on my doubts and I'm saying, does God exist? Well, it's hard to say God doesn't exist when there's this fire that is leading us at night and day that is guiding us in a direction. And so for everyone there, they were they really, they had got to see the manifestation of God in a very unique way. They got to see the power of God, that he is the creator God, that there is no limitations to what he can't do. And so here he leads them by fire, uh, both day and night, in protection and guidance. So many things could I have taken from that, that God loves me, he's protecting me, he's guiding me, he's showing me the way. I can trust him, he knows where he's going, right? He knows the direction. And maybe there's some hills and maybe there's some valleys and they're in a desert, uh, maybe there's some tough days. And as we continue to read, as they reject God as being able to give them the holy land or give them the promised land, they wander. And they're given manna from heaven to survive. They wander for 40 years because they doubted this God that had led them with fire. Do you see the contrast? Here God is doing something that he really hasn't done for many people in all of human history. Revealed himself so directly. And yet they still doubt. And they still wonder, can I trust this God? Can I rely on this God? 
Can I put my hopes in this God? And what I see in life is so many times the obstacles seem to be much bigger than God. Have you noticed that? The challenges seem to be bigger, stronger, more impactful. And in my life, it can be very easy, and maybe you can relate to this, to just focus on the problems. Just focus on the issues. It's hot out. It's cold out. There are problems here. There are problems there. And my attention gets drawn not to the pillar of light that led me, not remembering what God had done in my life, not remembering the goodness of who he is and how he has never let me down, but it gets overwhelmed by these challenges that are in my life, overwhelmed by the darkness that surrounds us. This is revealed in the New Testament when we look at John chapter 3, verse 19. This is such an interesting passage, and I would encourage you to look it up later and to really study it because there's a lot of interesting information given to us. But this is what it says. This is where Jesus had met Nicodemus. This is the, pro, the, the very popular verse, John 3.16. But this is where Jesus leads. He says, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, that by through me it might be saved. But this is what he says following that. It says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Today we celebrate that light coming into the world. And the people love darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it. So that its deeds may not be exposed. I think it's interesting that Jesus, after he says, For God so loves the world that he gives his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He doesn't end there. He says, Unfortunately, though, so many love the darkness over the light. The light that is born, the gift that is given, the thing that we're celebrating, this moment that we have right now, unfortunately, uh, because of our sinful natures, we like staying in the covers, the darkness. We like not getting out into the light of Christ. And as I was thinking of a good analogy for this, as I was thinking about something that would be helpful for us to relate to, and thinking that people uh, really desire the darkness, is this contrast of where we are right now. Uh, look down at the ground. Everyone look down at the ground. All right, what's underneath this carpet? What's underneath this carpet? The floor, okay, and you go down, maybe there's some sand, maybe there's some rock, but we are on a giant rock right now, a huge rock in the middle of outer space. Have you ever considered that you're, you're a little itsy bitsy, teeny weeny little person on a big rock that's circular? I know some people debate that, but I believe it's circular. <laughs> And we're orbiting around this immense power source. We're orbiting around this magnificent power source that is a star. And we call it the sun. And we're spinning at a speed that allows us to survive. It's interesting. If we were spinning faster, we wouldn't survive. If our axis was any different, we wouldn't survive. If we were any closer or further away, we wouldn't survive. All of these things are meticulously made so that you and I right now are not flying into outer space. We're held down by gravity. There's so many things happening right now. And as cold as it is right now, life can still survive. We can still make it, right? As cold as it is right now, we can still survive. Why? Because the sun is at the perfect place to allow life to survive. And so we're in the proper location when it comes to the sun. The force, the energy, 
the, the thing that gives us life. If we decided, nah, the sun isn't for me. I'm not a big fan of the sun. It's, you know, it wants to control me. It wants to control everything. I think we should just do our own thing. And we started to drift into outer space. And we slowly got deeper into our orbit and further away from the sun. And we had less impact of the sun in our life. What would happen to us? Death would happen to us. Death would happen to us. Do you know the beauty of the light is that it brings life. The closer you are to the creator, the closer you are to the Lord, the more life you have. Life in your relationships. Life in your life choices. Life in uh, all the different areas that you uh, are a part of. Life becomes full. Life becomes rich because of the power of God in your life. The further you get away from that, the darker you go, the more you say, I'm going to go my own way, I'm going to do my own thing, the more you introduce death into relationships, into opportunities, into all the things that God desires for you in your life. Have you ever thought about that? That the darkness brings death. The darkness brings uncertainty. The darkness brings anxiety. The darkness brings stress. The darkness brings a sense of instability within my life. The further I get from the source of light, the more my life begins to deconstruct and fall apart. This is the beauty of the light coming into the world, that I have a focus now. I have a place to orbit my life around. I have a focus for the morning, the evening, and the night. I have a place to determine how I should be in a relationship with my spouse and children and coworkers and neighbors and other citizens of this country. How am I supposed to interact with them? Well, I have a light source now. And that light source has become the savior. He has become the savior of this world because he has given us the spiritual sun in which we can orbit around. He has given us the place of life and hope and reason and purpose. And unfortunately, so many desire the darkness of outer space, the darkness of spiritual death, the darkness that comes when you reject that you are created by the one and true God. And you begin to believe you willed yourself into existence and that you can will your future and you can control the outcome of your life. We have so little control. The control we really have is whether we reject or receive this loving God and Christ as our Savior. See, God reveals it very clearly. Matthew 2, as we look at the story of Christmas, uh, verses 1 through 2 and 9 through 11, it says this. After Jesus was born, he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? So these wise men show up to the king and say, Where's the real king? For we saw his what? What did they see? A star. What is a star? Oh, that's light. It's power. It's a guiding force. For we saw a star, and it was rising, and have come to worship him. The star has led us to him. The light source has led us to the true light. The light of the world has entered, and the light has shown us where that happened. Verse 9, after hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. And it led them until they came and stopped above the place where the child was. What did they see when they saw the star 
They were overwhelmed with joy. What an awesome story. What an awesome historical account of these that had traveled, guided by the power of God through his light to the true light of the world. That they found the one that they were called to worship. And they were, it wasn't just a worship, well, I was raised this, my parents told me this, this is a cultural thing. No, this was deep-rooted in who they were. This was part of their DNA. Because when they got there and they saw where the star directed them to, they were full of what? Joy, an emotional response to a reality. They were filled with joy. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the Savior. This is the one that we have been told about. This is the hope of all mankind. They followed the light God had given them. They followed the light. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling on their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If you remember, we've talked about these gifts. The gold represents the kingship, that the baby was to be the king, and that he had authority and power. The frankincense represented the priesthood, that he is the connection point between us and God, that this fragrance that goes between uh, man and God is brought to us by Christ. He is called the mediator, the go-between, the one that connects us, has allowed us back into the home, back into the garden to be with God. And today we look at myrrh, what a, this is by far the strangest of the gifts to bring a baby. If you know someone who has a baby and they have a baby shower, try going to the baby shower with, with formaldehyde and saying, hey, this is for the baby. Happy birthday. Guess what? They're going to say, how do we know this person again? They need to go. But that is, in essence, what he brought. Myrrh was used to cover dead bodies. I found out earlier, also, myrrh was used as a medical device to try to cure diseases. And so they would ingest it. But they mostly used it when they were burying you, and they would wrap you in cloth, and they would cover you. We're told that the Lord was covered with almost 100 pounds of this when he was buried in the tomb. And they brought this gift because they had an understanding of what the light was leading them to. They brought this gift because they knew it wasn't for the baby to enjoy now. It was to be a symbol of what the baby is. The baby is the Savior. The baby is the one that would die for our sins. The baby was the only hope any of us had to be right with God again. The baby was returning us to Eden, returning us home to the Father's house through his sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. The myrrh was to remind us that even in the darkest days of our life, we've been saved. When we feel like we have lost everything, we still have everything in Christ. This season of life, if you know someone or you personally are there, myrrh is a reminder to you or them that you still have hope. That if you trust the Lord, he will provide. He has provided a way. He is the Savior of the world. There is no obstacle too great that will keep you from him. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ when you're his. He is the Savior. This is why we don't celebrate other people's birthdays this way. 
Even great religious leaders, we don't celebrate their birthday like this. What other person do you cut a perfectly good tree down and put it in your house because it's their birth? What other person do you get nice socks and hang them up on the wall or over your fireplace? What other person do you buy gifts for other people in their name? What other person's ever lived do we do any of these things? Because this is a unique person. This person has impacted the world like no other person. We live in the year 2022 because of this person. All of time has been hinged on his life because he is the savior. He is the king, the priest, and the savior of the world. With that knowledge, with that knowledge, you have light in your life. You're orbiting the sun. You have an understanding of where you came from. You know why you're here and you know where you're going. You have a peace that passes all understanding. You have a joy in the midst of trouble. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to them again. Here's what he said. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me or lives their life in accordance with me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This morning... Getting together with friends and family is wonderful. Celebrating and having celebrations is wonderful, but it pales in comparison to the light of the world. Do you have that light in you? Not do you know about that light. A lot of people know about the light. It's not about knowing, it's about believing. And belief is saturating your mind and heart and saturating your life. What is your belief in today? What is my belief in? Is it in an economy? Is it in a job? Is it in a position? Is it in a family? Where is my belief? Where is our belief? Where will that lead us? Where will we end in our belief? My encouragement to you this morning as we celebrate the birth of the light of the world, recognize he is offering to be the light of your life. He is offering to bring life to your life. He is offering to be the guiding force in your life. And so when you go through uncertain times, when you deal with challenges to overwhelm you, he promises to guide you through. He promises he'll never leave you or forsake you. This is the message we need to remind ourselves if you know this message. This is the message if you've never heard, you need to hear. This is the message that people need to hear that have never heard. That there's nothing on this earth that will bring salvation outside of Christ. However much money you have will not save you. However many friends you have will not save you. No matter how smart you are, it will not save you. Doesn't matter how nice your stuff is, it will not save you. It is all temporary and fleeting. It is only Christ that will bring light into your life, a light that can never be extinguished, a light that can never be darkened. We're told that he extinguishes the darkness with his light. The light comes in and the darkness scatters. Do you want that in your life? Do you want that in your heart? Do you want that in your soul? Do you want that for your family? Do you want that for your neighbors? Do you want the light of Christ to shine in those around you and in yourself? This is the greatest gift we can give. It's the greatest gift we can receive. And it is the greatest gift that we can celebrate. It's Christ our Savior. How do I apply this? How do I take this and, and actually live it out? 
Well, I would encourage you, take inventory on your life right now. What is your Savior? If you were to be honest with yourself, what is your Savior? What are you putting all your faith and trust in that it's going to take care of you throughout all of your life? What is our Savior? Who is our Savior? And if it's not Christ, let's at least be honest. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not beat around the bush or waste time. Let's be honest. Before I can receive him, I have to understand that I don't have him. And if I do have him, it's a daily reminder that this is my, he is my savior. This is my, my purpose. It is not these other things that are distracting me or pulling me away. I would say, secondly, ask God for wisdom to live in his light. If you don't sense that you're orbiting the Lord, if you don't sense his light in your life today, if he seems distant and, there, and it seems like you're in a place where it's strange and dark, ask him back into your life. Call upon his name. Ask him for wisdom and guidance and discernment on how to follow him and how to have his light in your life. Thirdly, I would say resist the, and reject darkness. Don't allow it in. It is not your friend. Darkness will not make your life better. Darkness will not encourage you. Darkness will not be there to support you in times of challenge. Darkness will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. There is no benefit to embracing the darkness. It only brings death. Make plans on how you will live in the light of Christ in this new year. We're, this is the last Sunday. This is our last gathering as a family this year. What are your plans for 2023? What is lighting your path as you move forward? And finally, every day, if you can do this, you will be spiritually healthy. Thank God for what he's doing and going to do. Thank him. I'm, hey, I'm thankful I get to share this with you. I'm thankful we have God's word. I'm thankful that I don't have to live in the dark anymore. I'm thankful that I know where I am and where I'm going. I'm thankful that we have a purpose as a body. I'm thankful that God loves us so much in the midst of this messy world. He still gives us joy. He still gives us peace. He still gives us direction. What an awesome God we serve. What an amazing truth that I don't have to try to impress people. I don't have to try to fit in in a world that is a cutthroat world. I don't have to do the things that everyone else seems like they have to do. I just have to follow King Jesus and love him with my heart and my soul and my mind. What an awesome opportunity. What an awesome freedom. What a relief that is to know I don't have to save myself. I don't have to save my family. I don't have to save my country. I don't have to save my neighborhood. I am trusting in the one who can save those. Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. Who is he to you?